Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Amen. You may be seated. Freddie is going to come and lead us in our opening prayer. We're certainly glad that you're here this morning. And I know that you've been praying for our services. And just continue to do that. We're going to see more things happen as God continues to bless. Freddie? Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray and thank you, dear Lord God, for each and every person's here. 
And I pray, dear Lord God, for the ones that we have missing. I pray and thank you, dear Lord God, for the pastor that the sermon he's preaching today. I just pray we have more. I pray, dear Lord God, for people in Afghanistan and the people they brought back from Afghanistan. I just pray that there's no terrorist people in that. And I pray for those people, especially those 29 children that's in the school that's left there, dear Lord God. I pray you be with them. Be with us here, dear Lord God. I pray and ask this in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Lots of concerns that we have across the world today, don't we? And these are brought to mind because of current events. Uh, Frank, you're up. He's going to give us some updates, I hope. Morning, everyone. Good morning. I uh, I did an email. I think it was last Friday about uh, their grand great grandbaby. Anyway, that the, their surgery went well. It took eight minutes. Yep. She's fine. So <laughs> that went really well. I did get a uh, an email from De- uh, Debbie and Jack. They're the Missouri couple that was here last week that went uh-huh. back to Missouri. Yeah. They thanked everybody for their prayers and they had a great time. And I hope to see those guys again. They seem like they're some pretty decent fellows. Yeah. Um, as I said, there's a lot. There's a lot of concerns, you know, with the, with the Colvin. Uh, Freddie's friend, he has the Colvin, and I have all this on the list. I'm not going to read it out, but uh, and I'll send the list today to everybody. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of problems. So uh, we just need your prayers on on a lot of sickness and illnesses. But I do see a, a positive thing too. I do see like Wanda's knee is getting better. It looks like it anyway. She seems like she's walking around a little faster, which is good. And uh, yeah, I see a, I see a positive thing there. So, thank you very much. All right. Yeah, we do have uh, several concerns, but uh, uh, there are some good things as well. By the way, you may have noticed that you didn't get your temperature taken when you came in this morning. Did you notice that, George? Yeah, he noticed that, and uh, we don't have to do that anymore. And uh, we've got sanitizer on each side of the room. If you want it, it's there for you. And uh, so uh, you can do that yourself if you want it. I uh, noticed that uh, Bob Wurzel went back this morning and uh, got some. And uh, as he was coming back, I said, well, uh, uh, you, know, you know you don't have to do that anymore. He said, it's aftershave. <laughs> or did you say deodorant? No. <laughs> I'm teasing. All right. Uh, and um, uh, we're glad each of you have been able to come this morning. We've got some sickness in our membership. Linda is not feeling well. Uh, Dale's wife. And uh, we've got some that are still vacationing. Uh, Ken and Kelly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lewis and Marlene are still out. Uh, both are doing better. Is that what I understand? And uh, by the way, one of the reasons I found out that uh, uh, Lewis wasn't here today, he's getting married Tuesday. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> he is getting married Tuesday, but... That's not the reason he's not here. <laughs> right, Freddie? <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, Rose was telling me this morning that uh, uh, they were getting married Tuesday and, and uh, uh, Lewis is still not feeling real well and uh, she asked him, are you going to be able to come next week? And he indicated that he was going to try to come next week. So. <laughs> He's coming next week. Oh, if you have to hog time and, and strangle him, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, we're glad that you're here this morning. And uh, we pray that God showers a blessing on you for being here. And uh, continue your prayers for those that are in need of our prayers and for our church and our services. All right. Uh, our next hymn today is... Days of Elijah. Somebody had requested that, right? Let's stand.
I get out of breath on that one, don't you? <laughs> There's no God like Jehovah. I think we said that more than once, didn't we? <laughs> All right. Today, the purpose of the resurrection. As we continue our thoughts about the resurrection, remember as we started this several weeks ago, I said, I haven't preached a whole lot of messages on this subject. Every year I preach on it. One time a year. You know when that is, right? Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And uh, almost always, and I don't think there's been a time when I didn't, I preached on the resurrection. But this is such an important subject, isn't it? And it desires more attention than just one time a year. And uh, so I, I chose to uh, have a series of messages then on this subject. And I hope it's been beneficial. I hope it's been interesting. I hope it's something that you've enjoyed as we've gone through these uh, first few sermons. And we've got a few left. 
And uh, today, turn with me, if you will, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That might sound familiar, because this is what we're looking at on Wednesday night in our podcast. So, uh, we're going to read verses 14 through 17 here in this fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians. And it has something important to tell us about the resurrection. Notice what it says. It says, For Christ's love compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. Even if we have known Christ in a purely human way, yet now we no longer know Him in that way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Our Father in heaven, as we again come before you this morning, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for providing the salvation that we have. And as we look at the resurrection, we're able to understand more clearly what you have done and what you are doing and what you will do in the future. I pray that your blessings would be upon each one that's here. Thank you for our guests. And Father, we pray that they will be blessed as they blessed us. And again, if there are decisions that are needed from any that are here today, we pray that decisions would be made even during this service. And we lift up our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. Notice the words here in that last verse. New creation. It's humbling for us to think that the creator of the universe, whose power, knowledge, and goodness knows no limits, does it? Think about how difficult it would be to reach, say, a, a CEO of a major corporation, and you wanted to discuss with that individual some problem you had with, with one of his products. You think you would be success, successful in reaching that individual? Probably not. Or what about the President of the United States or Panama? And you had some problems with the foreign policy that Panama has, or the United States has. And you wanted to talk with the president one-on-one -on -one about that particular problem. Do you think you would be successful in getting an audience? No, probably not. It's not their fault. These individuals have a lot of time constraints on their hands. They're individuals who have 24 hours in each day just like we do. But yet, they have a whole lot more on their plate than what we do, don't you think? Well, anyway, in Genesis chapter 1, 
and in chapter 2, we read about the creation. What God did in the past. How He brought about what we see, what we have, what we know. And notice in, just remember if you will, in those verses of Scripture, that six times after God created something, six times after God created something, the text says, and God saw that it was good. Doesn't it? God saw that it was good. He was pleased. Things are the way that He intended things to be. But on day six, the human race comes on the scene. And in that final work of creation, God's assessment wasn't the same. It changed from good, which is good, <laughs> to very good. Didn't it? Then the unexpected happens. Up until this point, God says that there is nothing wrong, nothing missing in all that He's done. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says there is something that is incomplete and therefore not good. Notice we are told that God looked at man and said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Remember that? So as God had created everything, everything was good. And He created man and it was very good. But then He said, it's not good. There was something else that was needed. And He went on to create Eve to complete man. Complete Adam. This would be good to talk about in a marriage ceremony, Rose. <laughs> But God brought the first two together, didn't He? The man and the woman. And we're not going to talk a long time about that this morning, but notice that as He created the female, He said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, so God created man in His own image. He created man in the image of God. He created them male and female. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. To be created in God's image refers to man's spiritual capacity, different from everything else God had created. Mankind alone, among all that God had created, has the capacity to commune with God. Now that was his intention. That was what he wanted man to do. God's intention was that man live in meaningful communion with his Creator. He would then reflect the likeness of God, live in the right way that God intended him to live, and he would then reflect the likeness of God to the rest of creation. In the Institute of Creation, uh, one of my favorite groups, 
Institute of Creation Research is actually what it's called. They made this statement in one of their publications. It says, man was also to possess a third created entity, the image of God. An eternal spirit capable of communion and fellowship with his creator. Now that's sort of what we said, isn't it? Notice another aspect of what it means to be created in God's image. God says, let us make man in our image. Did you notice that? Let us. Now commentators have had problems understanding this. I don't think I have any problem with it at all. But they've tried to say, oh, he was talking to the angels and he said to them, let us make man. You know, angels don't have any creative ability. He couldn't have been talking to them and saying to them, let us make man. He was talking to himself, so to speak. He was talking to the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The three in one. And he was saying, let us make man in our image. Do you know that man is created as a triune being? Did you know that you are a trinity? No, you're not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> but you are body, mind, and spirit. A trinity. Now God has the ability to separate Himself and, and for the Son to go one direction, the Holy Spirit to go another direction, and the Father to be in another place. If we are separated, we die. And that's really what death is. It's the separation of the Spirit from the body. Dr. Henry Cloud made this statement. He said, God created us with a hunger for relationship. Relation with Him and with our fellow people, others that are in the world. At our very core, we are relational beings. The soul cannot prosper without being connected with others. Now think about that for just a moment. We need communion with other people. There's something wrong with an individual who is a hermit, who isolates himself from everybody else and never has any communion with other people. I, I couldn't live like that. Could you? God didn't create us like that. He didn't want us to be like that. Alright. We've talked about the creation. We've talked about man being given a helpmeet. A woman. So, mankind was living in a right relationship with his Creator. With one another. We find no instance in the Scriptures where Adam and Eve had a falling out, do we? <laughs> they were living in right relationship with one another and with creation. They were doing what God created them to do. They were dressing and caring for the garden. That was their job. Now how long did man live in that relationship with God, each other, and creation? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say, does it? Now if we know mankind, if we know each other, if we understand ourselves, we would say that probably he didn't live too long in that condition. <laughs> but we don't know, do we? 
Maybe he and Eve lived that way for a long time. But probably not. We don't find any children coming along until after something happened. And we're going to talk about just now. As Adam and Eve lived together, we see that in Genesis 1.25, both the man and his wife were naked and yet felt no shame. Somebody asked the question, does that mean that Adam and Eve didn't have enough sense that they needed to go put some clothes on? <laughs> no, that's not it at all, is it? There was nothing that produced shame or guilt. Man had not sinned. Man had not separated himself from God. Man felt no shame. And that's what it said, isn't it? He felt no guilt. Because God had designed man to be fulfilled in a meaningful relationship, He created man with a capacity to choose. Why was the tree of knowledge of good and evil put there? He didn't want man to be a robot. He didn't want man to have to follow Him. And that's what would have happened if there wasn't the choice to go against God. To do what God didn't want them to do. And so that tree was there. And all the time, however long it was, that Adam and Eve lived in harmony with God in the garden, that tree was there. But you know who came along? Satan. Satan didn't like that relationship that man had with God. Satan didn't like what he saw in the garden. Satan didn't want them to continue to live in harmony with God. And so he tempted Eve. And we know what happened, don't we? It wasn't Eve's fault more than Adam's fault. I'm not laying a guilt trip on women today. That wasn't what happened. Adam and Eve both sinned, didn't they? Both of them chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Both of them did. Notice what happened when they did. Genesis chapter 3, if you'd like to turn there with me, you can. Genesis chapter 3, we're going to read verses 7 through 10 as we see the results of what had happened when man chose to go a different direction than God wanted them to go. It says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man, and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Because of man's choice to go his own way, his own choice to sin, he now experienced the penalty for that choice. Death. He was separated from God. That's what death means, by the way. It means separation. That's all that word means, is separation. Now usually when we use the word death, we're talking about physical death, aren't we? And we're talking about the separation of the soul and spirit. 
So as we think of what death means, we know that man continues to exist after he leaves this body. Does that make sense? Because death means separation. Man is separated from his body. And his spirit goes into eternity. And so, it damaged man's relationship with himself. It damaged his relationship with others. What happens with Adam and Eve? They begin to fuss among themselves, don't they? They begin to blame one another. And of course, they felt guilt and shame for the very first time ever, and they're separated from God. It damaged man's relationships. It damaged man's relationship with God. Why did God ask Adam, where are you? Did God not know where Adam and Eve were? Sure He did. One of the definitions of God is that He is everywhere at one time, right? Omnipresent. He knew where Adam and Eve were. So why did He ask? He wanted man to see where He was. He wanted man to look around Him and understand that he was out of fellowship with God. That's why God asked that question. And then it damaged man's relationship with creation. We don't have time to talk about that this morning. Now you might ask, what does all this have to do with the purpose of the resurrection of Christ? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Think about it for just a minute. Through His resurrection, Jesus proved two significant things. He proves that the penalty for sin has been paid. Verses 14 and 15. We'll come back and look at these in just a moment. And secondly, he proves that there's the possibility for salvation and it's been provided by God. There's the possibility for salvation. Now let's go back and look at these two things for just a moment. Through the cross... God took the initiative to provide forgiveness for man's sins. Now He had promised this all through the periods of time from Adam and Eve until Christ died. This has been promised in the Scriptures. But it wasn't completed. It didn't take place until Jesus came on the scene and paid that awful price, that penalty for our sins. God is forgiveness. And notice what verse 14 says. For Christ's love compels us since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. See what he's saying? It proves the penalty of sin has been paid. The penalty of sin is death, isn't it? The wages of sin is death. Romans 3.23 the penalty of sin is death. Now it's not just talking about physical death. We mentioned physical death a moment ago, the separation of the soul and body. But that's not all God means by death, is it? 
What happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned? They were immediately separated from God. And so death means the separation of man from God. Not just stolen body, but separation from He who made us. And that's a permanent separation unless something happens, unless something takes place. And that's why we're talking about the resurrection in these sermons. He took the initiative. He provided forgiveness for sins for everyone. Even for those that don't receive Him. What does John 3.16 tell us? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God gave His one and only Son for the whole world. Now, that doesn't mean the whole world is going to be saved. It just means the whole world has the opportunity to be saved. Does that make sense? Alright, let's go on. God's forgiveness is intentional. Notice verse 15. He says, And He died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. His death was intentional. Intentional that individuals would be saved. Individuals would come to the knowledge of their sins and come to the knowledge of salvation and come to the knowledge that they can have that salvation through trusting in what Jesus did on the cross in paying the penalty for their sins and then being raised from the dead for their justification. God's invitation is for all. Man no longer needs to go his own way. Man no longer needs to suffer the penalty of sin. Man no longer needs to be separated from God. There's a way to God. And only one. Remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now I'm going to say today without hesitation that there is no other way to God but through His Son, Jesus Christ. No other way. I don't care what you want to believe. I don't care what you want to think. As you study the Scriptures, God is telling us He provided the way for us to have a fellowship with Him again. In other words, for us to have salvation. For us to have eternal life. For us to go to heaven. For us to have a home there with Him. We can go on and on. And then, I mentioned that it proves the possibility for salvation for everyone. Verses 16 and 17. He says, From now on then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way, even if we have known Christ in a purely human way. Yet now we no longer know Him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. All things have passed away. And look, new things have come. Oh, I wish I could do justice explaining what He's saying here. When we understand what God did, when we understand what the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ all means, we have a new look at God. We see Him in a completely different way. He's not the judge, the condemner, 
He's the rescuer. He's the deliverer. He's the Savior. Am I not right? So it proves the possibility for everyone to be saved. All the damage that was done as Adam and Eve chose their way instead of God's way, and that's what they did. All that damage can be erased. Can be erased. It's not erased automatically. We have to choose. Remember what we said about Adam and Eve? God didn't make them serve Him. They had a choice. And that's what we have today. God doesn't make us be saved. He gives us a choice. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that what He says? Listen to Him. He wants people to be saved. He's done everything for them that they might be saved, but He doesn't make us be saved. Am I right? He gives the opportunity. He gives the open door. And individuals can either choose God's way or they can choose their own way. The major part of the resurrection story is that God has given the opportunity for man to choose. <coughs> and he can come back into finding a fulfilled relationship with God. You see how all this ties together? You see where, where I'm going with this? I know it took me a long time to get here. But that's what God has done with the resurrection. And fellowship with God is again possible. Now, it doesn't mean that when an individual is saved, when an individual is born again, he's going to always live in a good relationship with God but again, after we're saved, after we're born again, after we know Jesus as our Savior, we still have choices to make. And we have the opportunity to follow God's way. But we can still sin, can't we? We can still go against what God would have in our lives. Now that doesn't take us back to the original position of Adam and Eve after they sinned. We still are saved, but not in fellowship with God like He wants us to be. And so we need forgiveness of those sins to be able to come back into that right relationship in order for us to live for Him and do the work that He wants us to do in our lives. People, as they come to the final hour of their lives, speak of things that are most important on their heart. Don't they? Final words are important. I don't know whether you've ever had a study of final words and looked at the final sayings of individuals who have died, but you see what's in their heart. You see what's going on. Well, in Jesus' final hours, He gave us clues to His chief concerns. John chapter 17. In that chapter is what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's not the model prayer. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus actually spoke. And this was just before He went to the cross. Jesus prayed for His disciples. You can see that in these verses. And then He said in verses 20 and 21. I'm going to read this from the message. The translation called the message. 
He said, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Now, I wish we had more time to talk about that this morning. But Jesus prayed for all of those who would place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. All of them. He prayed for me there. And He wants us to have that same kind of fellowship that He and the Father and the Holy Spirit have with one another in the Trinity. And that's not automatic. That's something we have to work at. But that quality of relationship that Jesus had with the Father, He is saying we can have with Him. Again, it's all because of the resurrection. You remember I said a moment ago that a CEO of a big corporation or the president of a country might not have time to listen to us. Might not have time to hear our concerns. Hear what we have to say. You know, I, I think I've got a lot better idea of what's needed with countries than what the president has sometimes, don't you? <laughs> but they won't listen to us. But here's the thing. The creator of the universe, the God of heaven, listens to us. He wants to hear us. He's anxious to know what we think. He's anxious for us to pour our hearts to Him. And He will listen. He will always listen. And so we can come to Him with anything that's on our hearts. Listen to me. Bob, anything that you have that, that's on your heart that, that you don't have a resolution for, God has a resolution for it. And He wants you to bring that to Him. He wants you to talk to Him about it. He wants us to be in communion with Him. And part of that communion is talking with one another. You know, if we have a right relationship with each other, we're going to talk with each other. Isn't that right? My wife tells me that. She said, if you've got the right relationship with me, you're going to talk to me. <laughs> well, I don't talk to her as much as I ought to. I, I admit that. But if we have the relationship with God we ought to have, we're going to talk to Him. And He's going to answer. Not audibly. Very often anyway. But we're going to be able to see Him leading us and guiding us and helping us. And we can look back on our lives. And as Wanda and I look back on the time that we spent here in Panama, the three years that we've been here, we can see very definite incidences in our lives where God was leading, where God was doing things, where God was helping in what we were doing. And you know, as we think about our church, it's the answer to our prayers that we have people who want to listen and who want to hear what God has to say as we come together in His house. Now maybe today that there's one or more among us that's never had that relationship with God that God wants you to have with Him. You've never been saved. I'd love to show you from the Word of God. I don't ask you to take my Word for anything. But I do ask you to listen to God's Word. I do ask you to listen to Him. I do ask you to see what God has to say to you. And I can show you how God is offering to you salvation for you to be a child of God. 
As we stand together and we have an invitation. And you know that God is talking to you right now. Would you come and make the decision He wants you to make right now? Our final hymn, Light of the World. As we sing, would you come? Thank you for being here today, Frank. Would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? Tell others about our service. Come back next week. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word, oh Father. I thank you for your loving kindness upon us and your mercies you give to each one of us, oh Father. So go with us this week, oh Father. Help us, oh Father, to be with you and to be with us, oh Lord. I thank you for your loving kindness and just your mercies. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Steve 
rwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.